Can we talk about penguins? Not only are they adorable, but it turns out that there are so many lessons that we can learn from how penguins live their life. Today on the Weekly Walk podcast, Eric and I are going to share some of the lessons to be learned from one of nature's most adorable creatures. So lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. In your vast knowledge, all of, of knowledge those... of useless stuff. <laughs> no, knowledge of all kinds of interesting random facts and some useless stuff. So, in that pocket of information, do you know what sound penguins actually make? They're very vocal creatures, but I don't know exactly how they sound. I can't put my head on it. They sort of squawk. It's a definite squawk. Squawk? Yeah. Like, let me, can I'm... you. <laughs> that that was pretty good. That, that was, was a, actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you could do it. So what is it about our fascination with penguins? They're just so damn cute. They are so <laughs> cute. Everything about them, the little way they waddle, the way they're dressed up is t- in tuxedos, many of them. So actually, here's a question. Okay. Are did we like model tuxedos after penguins? <laughs> Especially like a tux with tails? Well, and then you remember the old Batman movies? You remember the penguin? Like Oh, he was the best. He was uh, my favorite villain. Well, him, Catwoman was my favorite villain. The penguin in a tux was just too perfect. But I don't know. I were Penguins are only in, like, the southern hemisphere, like the Antarctic, which is why those that TV show with the penguin and the polar bear is just – it just bugged me as a kid because – Because you knew better. Because polar bears Because you had that the, vast knowledge even as a child. Yep. Uh, polar bears were from the North Pole. Penguins are from the South Pole. And never the two shall meet. But anywho – I don't even know, like when the I picture the sort of British aristocracy in their tuxedos, and were they even exploring the South Pole by that point? I don't know, but that's hilarious because what it, if you are right, it means that uh, tuxedos existed. And then somebody found the penguins and were they like, holy cow, the penguins look just like us. It's a bird in a tuxedo. <laughs> it's a flightless swimming bird in a tuxedo. Who'd have thought of that? Why in the world are we talking about penguins? Because they're adorbs. They are they're adorbs. but adorbs. <laughs> that's something our daughter would say. No, that's something our daughter would have said five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> something that would make our daughter roll Roll her her eyes eyes at me roll her 17 year old eyes okay we got on this penguin kick recently and discovered that there are so many lessons there are so many ways that penguins live their lives that are instructive for us that we wanted to share some random penguin facts in the context of them being insightful for us and they do seem like happy little birds, don't they? 
the researchers believe that they are happy birds. It's really amazing. And let's start with that. So, of course, you can't actually ask a penguin how happy they are. But when they really look at them and they look at their behavior, they look at how they live, they look at what how they seem to express their emotional states, penguins appear to be happy birds. So let's... Wait, wait which yeah. is remarkable because they live or many species of penguins live in about the most inhospitable environment on earth like i've seen these documentaries of course i have where like the winds are blowing and there's some guy with a british accent the temperature has dropped to minus 37 fahrenheit <laughs> and yet the penguins huddle together for warmth seemingly immune to the temperature <laughs> How was that? <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, but I wanted to actually start. So, okay, they're ha they appear to be happy. Right, living in an inhospitable environment. And there's another major thing about them. Yeah, what's that? They are flightless birds. <laughs> right? So you're starting with the fact that as birds, they are not able to do what most birds can do. I... <laughs> Even turkeys can fly. So we have a lot of wild turkeys near where we live, and they don't like to fly. But if they're hanging out in the middle of the road and you come up on them, even driving super slowly, they will typically take to flight. And a turkey can fly from the road up to a tree, and it looks like a, it is the most ungraceful. It's sort of like the Wright brothers' first flight. <laughs> Oh, I don't think so. I think it's way worse because they're gigantic and like they're working so hard, maybe a little bit like the Wright brothers. But so penguins are waddling around knowing that they can't do what most birds can do and they don't seem to care. Well, I'm going to take a different approach on that because when penguins are underwater, they actually do sort of look like they're flying. Have you ever seen the videos of penguins when they swim? Yeah, they're considered one of the most uh, aero, not aero, aqua, aqua dynamic. Okay, is that a word? I don't think <laughs> that's a word, but yes, streamlined, dynamic, right? But nevertheless, a, a penguin could be sitting around, looking up the sky, seeing other birds flying, and thinking, "What happened to me?" How come I can't do what the other birds do? But they don't. <laughs> I don't think so. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna counter this one with something from our own life. Okay. Which is our dog, Pepper, lost a leg. And he never said, What happened to my leg? He just lived and ran and did stuff. That's exactly my point. You're not countering it. You're making my point. Oh, good. Which you keep pushing back on. I don't have any idea why. Okay. But my, my point is exactly that. They just live. They don't compare and despair. The point is the lessons taken from penguins, right? So they're not looking at the other birds saying, why can't I do that? Pepper wasn't looking at the other dogs. They just live and are the best at doing what they do that they can possibly be. That's the lesson. I don't know why you disagree. That is a good lesson because I wasn't quite catching what that lesson was. Because it's <laughs> early for you. It, it is. <laughs> it's early in the day. I'm only half a cup of coffee in. So 
for me, the, le- the first lesson that comes from watching penguins is they are flightless birds who absolutely, positively make the most of their beautiful skills and abilities. They're true to themselves. Uh, I don't even know what that means in this context. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't fly and they're cool with that. Uh, okay. All right. So I have a lesson from penguins. I'm listening. Have you ever seen a penguin? Okay, going the opposite direction. Penguins are beautiful swimmers. They make the best of what they have. Have you ever seen them walk? Yes. Hasn't everybody seen them walk? Do you know what they look like when they walk? Butlers in tuxedos? Nope. What? Me when I was nine months pregnant. (laughs) I think you're going to say me when I was nine months old. But that's that's kind of the point is they walk in a waddle and they walk kind of slowly. Like they do not walk fast. And I don't think they can walk fast those little feet. I don't think so. And sometimes when they want to go a little faster, if it's a little downhill, they'll slide on their belly. But that's besides the point. I, I actually have a question about that. Do yes. they do that for fun or do they do that for transportation? I think the, I think both. I think sometimes they do it for transportation, or often they do it for trans, transportation, but sometimes they just do it for fun. But when they walk, they waddle. And when you waddle, when they waddle, they're present, right? They're taking it all in. They're going slow. They're just waddling from the ocean to their rookery, which is their nesting grounds. Sometimes that's quite a far distance so they just waddle and when you waddle you take it all in you're present you take in your surroundings you can see things it's like when you walk through a city and you notice things versus when you drive through one so lesson my lesson from penguins is to sometimes just waddle take it slow take it all in and be present I think I read some research that when they are doing that, they are typically kind of looking around. Yeah. They're being observant. So maybe I suppose the the cynics in us could say they're just looking around for to spot the danger. But I like to think they're looking around to take it all in. To see the beauty. Take in the beauty and keep an eye out for the danger, I suppose. Uh, But that you had said something. That leads to my next sort of thing, and that is you said often their nests are far from where they're going, uh, and so are their their breeding nesting grounds. Anybody who's seen March of the Penguins knows penguins are gritty as heck. I don't know. I'm sure there are really gritty creatures and species out there, but I think penguins might be the grittiest. Which, I mean, think about it. They swim beautifully. They swim gracefully. And then they get on land and just walk. And I guess they, they march. They walk. They walk. And they, right, they, they walk, have grit. They walk. They and walk. then they walk back. Like, they walk to the nesting grounds. Walk, walk, walk. And then they have to go catch fish, blah, 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 walk back and do this over and over and over. That's crazy. They are gritty, right? So there are lessons to be learned from penguins. They are happy. They are joyful. They walk 
and take it all in and they don't seem to quit. <laughs> and along those lines, they focus on what's important, right? What's important? Raising our chick, usually I think they have one, I think sometimes they have two, but raising our chick in the rookery, I just like saying rookery, <laughs> and going to the ocean to catch fish and bring those fish back, per se, <laughs> for their chick. And that's, your, that's your the, point? That's the important stuff. It's like the old... Um, I don't remember if it's Chinese or Japanese, you know, chop wood, carry water, like just do the work. Penguins do the work. Penguins chop wood and carry water in their penguin way. It sounds so it sounds joyless. But that's the thing is penguins are joyful. They're taking in the time. They're sliding on their belly. But they also are focused on that work when it, the, they focus on the important stuff as well. So one of the things that penguins are often noted for, which goes a little bit to what you were just saying, is they really truly, well, they mate for life. So let's start with that. Penguins tend to be monogamous, most species. I don't know if it's all species, but certainly most. And let's just stop and think about that. Penguins mate for life. Like, that's crazy. I know there are some other species that do that. I think geese do that. Canadian geese do that, too. I thought it's swans. I think them too. Any so, others in that? A lot of birds. It's a bird thing. <laughs> it's a bird thing. <laughs> so, which means it's kind of a dinosaur thing. Mm. Mm, but that's another story. I don't know if we know that. I don't know. If, I don't think that's we know. another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a very short podcast because okay. we actually don't know that much. Uh, made for life. Made for life, but also do a really beautiful job of sharing parenting responsibilities for their eggs. And their chicks. Yeah, it's amazing. They keep their eggs warm by placing them on their feet and then sort of squatting on them. And they take turns doing that. But then, and I don't know if this applies to all species of penguins, but I think the, like the emperor ones, the main ones, you know, we're talking about going back and forth to the sea to catch food and bring it back for the chick. Generally, I, I think in this one species, I think it's the emperor, the females do that. And the males stay either with the egg or with the chick and literally don't eat anything like through the whole breeding season. And then at the end, they get to go back and catch their fish and whatever. But they just basically stay there and starve for their chick and spouse. And the females hunt. The females hunt. I would definitely rather be a hunting female than a starving male. <laughs> for sure. 100%. The female penguins win on that. It's like, see ya. See ya, Charlie. I'll be back in an hour or three. I don't know. I like kind of like being a guy, so I guess I'd probably be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because it just sort of turns on its head what we traditionally imagine to be male and female roles. Well, it... Yeah, it's it, it, nature is a little a little wild that way, no pun intended. <laughs> wild what way? That sometimes those roles are completely reversed as to what we would think. Well, maybe it's because those roles are garbage, <laughs> and were created by the patriarchy to keep women home and out of the way. Well, 
<laughs> could be. That's another podcast, too. That is another podcast. But, you know, on those lines, I think it's it's kind of funny. And you can you can use this sort of fact and not even apply it to penguins. This totally applies to humans in that males give females rocks to woo them. And if you think of a diamond as a rock, which is slang. Oh, interesting. Right? The men give, you know, men traditionally give women diamond engagement rings. Penguins give women rocks. And, and it, is that just through the wooing season? So this was a really interesting, uh, interesting random fact to me. Uh, and just to reiterate it, so when a male penguin is... Uh, wooing a female penguin, he will bring her rocks that she can then use to build her nest. And then I don't know if the female penguins are like, mm, not enough rocks. I'm going with John. <laughs> or is John it just the, John the penguin? John the penguin. Okay. Or, or I guess we should call him Pete. They should all be Pete names. So Pete the penguin. Pete the penguin. Instead of Paul the penguin. Okay. What about Pablo the penguin? Oh, Pablo the Penguin's the best, man. That guy is gritty. He's got the best rocks. He's got the best rocks. He's, so, he's a great rock finder. <laughs> but I just love this idea of the male penguins bringing the females rocks that then they use to build their nest. It's such a metaphor. And then when you think about the diamonds and the rocks, I mean, honestly, right, when the researchers started looking at penguins between the tuxedos and the rocks, weren't they like, they're just little flightless waddling humans. Little flightless aristocracy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to talk for a couple of minutes about, I think, perhaps the most important lesson, though these are all important, but maybe for me, of course, the most important lesson to be learned from penguins. You ready? Yes. Penguins live in community. Penguins are all about their pack, their crew. They're, there's a different word for it. They call it one thing when they're in the water and one thing when they're on land, and I'm blanking on what it is. But And Eric is now Googling. <laughs> yes. So penguins take their community and their relationships really seriously. Now, uh, as as Eric mentioned, they live in a very, very, many of them in a very difficult environment where they huddle together for warmth. But they, they travel together. They live in these tight-knit family groups where they hunt together and they hang out together and they play together. And they seem to take this community element of their lives really seriously. It, take, it takes a village. It takes a village. And penguins just know that instinctively and live that way and support that. And community, I believe, is everything. And I think it's a place that we as a society are completely dropping the ball. And for me, it's the most important lesson to be taken from penguins. All right, so are you ready what a group, for what a group of penguins is Gosh, called? Gosh, oh wait, I know this. I'm just, it's driving me crazy. I can't pull it out of my brain. Okay. In the water, it's called a raft of penguins. That's right, because I don't know why. But if you think about all those <laughs> penguins in the water, 
they're going to look like a raft. So it's ridiculous that I couldn't remember that. And In the water, there are a raft of penguins. And on land, it's equally ridiculous because it's called a waddle of penguins. Exactly. Sometimes it's also called a huddle of penguins, but well, most commonly a waddle of have, penguins. Have you seen them? Yes, they waddle and they huddle. They waddle and they huddle. I, whoever named that is like not so creative. <laughs> I know. Why did they name penguins waddlers? Look at those waddlers. I would have just named them waddlers. Oh, that's something we didn't look at is why, who named penguins? And where in the world did the word penguin come from? And it didn't come from Batman. Batman <laughs> was post-naming the penguins. Post-penguin. Post Can you imagine the first researcher to discover penguins? I mean, obviously there are, well, I, I was going to say indigenous people living, but I don't know that there were, were there tribes living well in the there Arctic? are penguins that also live in along australia the coast of, yeah. yeah australia south america so yes ab aboriginal groups were quite familiar with penguins in many flavors <laughs> i'm sure but right for the western explorers to come upon that they're like what it's a bird that can't fly <laughs> and swims what's up with that <laughs> look at him swim crazy so the priority of community Yes. And relationships, right? So like many humans, they have their primary relationships, their little family group, and then they have their more extended community. And, you know, within that, one of the things and one of the lessons that I've learned is the power of communication. So like I started this podcast with a squawk. You want, you want to do that again in case anybody tuned in late and missed it? No, I think that was just too <laughs> that was enough? squawk, and I, I don't think I could recreate that. But with literally thousands of penguins in waddle or a rookery, the penguins can actually recognize each individual squawk, particularly for their baby. That seems impossible. Isn't that crazy? Like, so, like the penguins will go out to see. So I think some species, both parents go out to see the the babies all stay together. But they'll be like, you know, the, the, there's like a thousand of these little brown fluffy turds <laughs> squawking. And the parents find their exact chick by their squawk. So when our kids were babies, like infants, I remember before our son was born, people said, oh, you're going to know your baby's cry. You're going to be able to pick your baby's cry out of. And I was like, yes, because I'm going to be a great mom. Now, I'm not particularly musically inclined, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I legit never knew if it was my kid or not crying. <laughs> I didn't. I always felt terrible about that. So, like, I'm way worse than a penguin, clearly, hmm. you know, a bunch of we would have social gatherings and and there'd be a baby crying and I would look at the other moms and see and if nobody moved I was like must be mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it wasn't quite that bad, but truly I did not have that chip where like at any distance I recognized my baby's cry. Or sometimes you know when you're with a group of people I say I say and you probably have no like understanding of this, but you know, bunch of kids and somebody's like, mom? And I'm like, mine? Mine? <laughs> oh, not mine. 
Okay. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast on ways that Joyce is worse than a penguin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That would have to be an hour podcast. (laughs) Oh. Oh, that was the meanest thing you've ever said to me in a podcast. podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. That was just a joke. You never say mean things to me. (laughs) So, uh, along the lines of the idea that penguins are super vocal, they also communicate with each other. Now, I don't know, of course, we don't know if kind of how, what that level of communication is, but apparently penguins are regularly squawking at each other with affection. They argue, they talk all the time. They fight over rocks. Do they? Yeah. You making that up? <laughs> no, no, no. They'll go and like, you know, Pablo will bring a nice rock to Amelia Penguin. To Penelope Penguin. And Peter Penguin will go and steal that rock if if Penelope's not really guarding it. (laughs) They'll go steal the rock and bring it to another penguin. And then what will Pablo do? They'll, like, squawk and fight and, like, have a squawk fight. Do they smack each other with their flippers? I don't know if I should call them wings or flippers. Yeah, I would say flippers. Um, I don't think so. So they'll just, I don't think keep, they, they'll just like get up in each other's face and squawk. They they get up in each other's grill. <laughs> <laughs> and then do they resolve it? Usually. And that's part of the point. Well, too, I guess is, always because like you never see penguins fight to the death. <laughs> that's sort of the point, a little bit of the community piece. They will, uh, they will argue. They will get up in each other's grill. They will mess with each other a little bit. But it appears again can't talk to the penguins, just observe their behavior, but it appears that they will have these disagreements, these challenges, they will squawk it out, and then they'll move on. And they move on, I think, again, I can't ask them, so whatever, but they move on because the community is more important than the individual, than that little argument and tiff that they had that Peter and Pablo had they're going to move past that because their priority is taking care of their community right their their family first and then their greater community as well yeah so i think that again for me is one of the biggest lessons to be learned yeah and you know within that they'll they do understand community they'll watch out for danger they'll alert each other and all right so let's talk about that right you're with this big huddle of penguins huddle it... or or huddle, huddle. correct yeah. yes you're with this big huddle of penguins and a threat comes and you kind of have two options you could keep your beak shut and let them eat Carl. <laughs> exactly. And let them eat Carl. If there are a thousand penguins, chances are like your chances are pretty good that you know they'll eat Carl, not you. But that's not what penguins do. They fight for the greater good. They alert one another. It's not a me first society. It's not a me first huddle. Right. It's a my baby first. Okay, we all get that. But after that, it's a we're in this together. Absolutely. So, you know, and that goes to communication. It's communicate with your partner, communicate with your 
chick communicate with your community it's it's all of those sort of rings and, and if, if it's interesting if you look at if you were to look at a huddle of penguins from above it would look like a giant circle right and same thing sort of with us there's our inner circle our closest family our extended family our friends our community and you have to communicate with with all of them and I mean, in, in reality, you are communicating with them no matter what you do, but penguins use that communication positively, so we can communicate with those people positively as well. Lessons to be learned from penguins. Aside from the fact that they know how to dress, they know how to swim, they know how to eat, it's just, they're adorable. I have, I have a question for you. Okay. What do penguins do on Casual Friday? <laughs> I don't know. What? It's impossible. It's, <laughs> it's impossible. Everybody stare. All the other animals are like, hey, it's Casual Friday. They're like, uh, tuxedo. <laughs> do you think they know how adorable they are? Uh, yes, I do. Like, Moose knows how adorable he is. For sure. But he knows that because we tell him all the time and we treat him like he's adorable. And I think he knows being adorable gets him attention. He uses his adorableness to, I don't want to say manipulate us, but, you know, get what he wants. I don't, I don't know. It's just sort of hard to imagine, like, this penguin sort of waddling around thinking, I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> right? Did we talk about playtime for penguins? No. Oh my gosh. I knew we there talked was... a little bit about whether they slide on the belly their belly for fun, but I knew there was one more lesson from penguins I wanted to be sure to mention. And that? that is from all appearances, penguins like to play. They despite the fact that their life is really challenging, they seem to manage to work some playtime into their life. Some joy. And maybe we're just putting that on them. Maybe, I don't know if it's because when they waddle, they're sort of upright, but it's very easy to anthropomorphize penguins. To Probably. imagine them yeah. as little, well, they're wearing friggin' tuxedos. So imagine them as little people and put all them that on them. But they do seem to play. Like animals play more, it's more, than, more than most people think. So I think that goes for... That goes for penguins as well. Play is mission critical. That's where I want to leave today. One of our favorite things is to hear from you all, the members of the 99 Walks Pack and the Jetty Crew. We want your feedback, your questions, your ideas. We want to know what we say that resonates and what we say and share that doesn't. So if you have a minute, Give us a call and leave us a message or ask us a question. Number is so simple. We are reachable at 866-99-WALKS, extension 3. 866-999-2557, extension 3. We would love to hear from you. <laughs>